uh, I've heard this in a Toastmasters training before whereby the speaker actually said right that sometimes we are too focused on you know whether the audience knows me but mm. the more more important thing to focus on is whether you know the audience so sometimes if you know the audience you know what stories what their pains their dreams their aspirations the things mm. they are going through their ups and down everything about their life right so mm. if you know it and then you want to read it stories that can speak out to them in a very emotional way then you realize yes. that you are able to build a bridge between you and the audience this is the legit podcast Hey guys and welcome to another episode of the Legit Podcast. We're going to share with you some legit tips on how we can adult better. Yeah, hello everyone. This is Adeline. And this is Ritz. And how are you today, Adeline? Uh, feeling okay. Just, um, yeah, I was I was being asked to do something earlier during meeting and mm. Mm, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't something that I expect. Yeah, and what was that what you were asked? Uh, so my boss, if my boss is listening to this, this is real, huh? This is official. <laughs> this your boss, huh? Okay. Yes. Tag your boss in the comments, okay? I know. So uh, he randomly just said, um, "Okay, since we've got these objectives that we need to meet, right? Mm. And you know, why not you guys present it to everyone yeah. that's in this who who is in this meeting?" Yeah. And I was just chilling out and smiling, you know, thinking that my name will not be raised, or you know, sometimes you try to hide your face. Yep. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. At Lin Kang. <laughs> they just like, call it out. Yes. I'm here. Present. And, yeah. And sometimes it's, it's the idea was not even something official. It's something... Maybe you, you, you had boiled, you had a lunch with your boss, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he just... Uh, we just talked about a certain topic and idea and you just kind of shared, oh, this is... You just kind of shared, this is something that I thought could be, could be done and we're just like right. just bouncing ideas off and suddenly your boss say, oh, you, you have a brilliant idea in a meeting and you have to present it. Correct, correct. So it's that, that goes to my first question. That goes, uh-huh. um, that goes my first question. Eh? Yeah. Have you, uh, do you remember the first time you had a presentation? Mm. Right? How did you feel? Well, I remember the first time I had a presentation. I think I had shivers and chills, right? And it was so terrifying. It was like Definitely. stepping out and I'm looking at all these eyes, looking at right. me, like daggers in their eyes. I was like, oh no, what's going to happen to me? I know. Did like you see in your pants? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's the feeling you get. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's so terrifying. I totally understand. Mm. Even if um, yep. even if you've practiced a lot um, through going through presentation, mm. you know, you are preparing for a particular presentation. Exactly. You could feel the same mm. and you know you will always think that oh no something wrong is going to happen no matter how much you practice or how much you go over your presentation yep and i guess that that's true itself because i think both of us are very comfortable these days mm. to actually present in front of stage Mm-mm. and you know sometimes when we present in front of stage we can spend like the whole night or the whole time preparing for the presentation and all that preparation, okay, might count for nothing when the real presentation starts. Like, you know, Correct. you prepare all that, then after that, okay, I'm just going to put it aside and just do my own thing. Correct. Yeah. And, and to wing the presentation, Yeah, to right? wing the presentation. So, yeah. Ritz, can you share with us a little bit more about um, mm. the idea of winging the presentation? <laughs> is that winging? Yeah, it's winging. It's like winging, not winning, right. not whining, yeah, but winging like yes. chicken wing, but has nothing to do with chickens. Okay? Oh. Yeah, and no chickens have been harmed. You by the co- this conversation itself, right? So winging goes all the way back, I think, to the 19th century. For those mm. of you who are 
historians and want to find out more about the English language and all that, <laughs> winging the idea of winging itself mm. came, I think maybe during the Shakespearean era, mm. whereby the, right. we have a lot of plays and theatre was really very popular. They didn't have movies and social media then. That was their social media, physical social media. Right. Those were the days. <laughs> those were the days. <laughs> like we say, those were the days. Like we actually lived through <laughs> those times. <laughs> but yeah, disclaimer: um, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, we came much later. But uh, like uh, in those days. Uh, sometimes when we have this place and all that, and sometimes maybe your main actor is not available or sick mm, at the last minute you have these backup actors who has to step in and correct. they have to last minute they have to actually learn their lines and to act it out and they will always do this at the wings of the stage at the yep. side of the stage so if you see if you have been to some of these uh, older theatres the, the stage has like you know at the side of the stage there's always this backstage at the side you know that where the actors and the next line of cast is actually situated so they mm-hmm. will learn their lines at the, at the side and that's where, that's called winging it yeah, that's and that's how, how this up. term came mm. about like wing the presentation exactly so I think that it's very interesting English is such mm. an interesting language we all right, have all, all these right. words I mean we have an episode about that all oh, the yeah, yeah, of all course. the origin of the funny words in the English language I, I think we will we will go on for quite some time <laughs> yeah yeah Right, and I totally so so I I totally understand how how you feel and the, the idea of winging the mm. presentation mm. because um, when we when we are in it mm. sometimes um, no matter how much you you go through it it doesn't work and worse still uh, for a lot of people who are new to presentation mm-hmm. if you are being caught upon mm-hmm. at the very last minute when everyone else has got their eyes on you. Um, it can be quite daunting. Exactly, exactly. So it's so how, how last can, minute. Correct. So how can we help our audience or our youth or people who just graduated, just stepped into the workforce to better work on how to wing a particular a presentation. presentation? Yeah, and mm. it might sound very controversial actually. Like we are telling you, hey, you can just wing it. Yeah, because like, mm. you know, people will tell you, don't wing the presentation because right. they will ask you questions, better be prepared for it. And we're not saying that, you know, you not, should, should not be prepared for it. But mm. no matter how much preparation you have, sometimes the unexpected will definitely come. Uh, sometime in your working life, in your career, definitely this situation will come. And right. it, when it, the time comes, there are things in life you just got to wing it first and maybe... Mm. The, do the preparation a bit later Correct. itself. Yeah. So it's important to you know, learn how to wing something. Some, sometimes you learn how to do it well, winging it. And you never know. You know sometimes when you wing it well, you that could, might be just your best presentation ever. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Yeah, people will go up to you and say, wow, that was yeah, great. I'm very impressed. Yeah. And you're how, just like, hmm. <laughs> how much preparation you did? And like, hmm. Smile. Yeah, smile. Answer with a smile. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so here are some tips on how we can wing a presentation mm. better. Okay, so for example, the first thing, mm. um, it's really the power of crowdsourcing. Mm. I think this is really very powerful yes. because, um, you know, sometimes you tend to blabber on not yep. knowing what you're saying because you don't have someone else to bounce off what you're saying. Yeah. So um, what does this mean, um, the power of crowdsourcing, is to start asking your audience questions. Mm whether if it's a legit question mm. or if it's a rhetorical question. Because mm. when you do that, um, you tend to slow down a little bit. You tend to have this silence mm. that you really do need when you're presenting. Exactly. So I guess that sometimes when we don't know something, 
I think that the last thing that we want to tell people is that I don't know. Because mm-hmm. I think when you say I don't know, one of the things that happen to you is that you kind of give the power away from you. Like right. you're given the power to actually own up and share something. And there's a very, uh, it's, you know, it's a beautiful platform for you to be able to advocate for something like right. itself. But you know, if you say I don't know, you know, it kind of gives your power away. Yeah. So right. I think that one, the most important thing that if something is given to you and you don't know the answer. The best thing to do is to deflect it to somewhere else and ask, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think that is um, that is a very powerful way of um, throwing back the, the question. It's, yeah. like, it's like playing, um, I don't know, like passing the ball. Yeah. Right? And if, it, if no one answers you, move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, move on. Maybe that's not a very important topic uh, to begin with itself. Right? So I remember, I think I was in this panel before and I really don't know how to answer a question. Mm-hmm. And I got the other panelists to actually answer first or listen to them first. So what right. I actually did was that I listened to them, I listened to the audience, I put the answers together wow. okay? and then I just sprinkle a little bit of my own opinion around it. Yeah, and then like, you know, it was, then I just share the answer. Ta-da, Chocolate uh, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> So that's like one way you can win the presentation. You mm-hmm. leverage on the opinions and information from others. Correct, correct. Because sometimes um, when when people share their opinion, mm. um, you know, they, they have yet to process through it. So when exactly. you have the time to process it, uh-huh. um, that is going to help them as well to sort of um, beautify or to structure their answers a lot better. Yeah, so more clarity for everyone Correct, involved. correct. Mm. Well, what is the second tip that you can help the help everyone else to wing a presentation? What is something else that you do? I think owning up that I'm not prepared for this presentation. You can just uh-huh. uh, just say that you know my boss just my boss just shared that I have a real idea and our idea was just hatch over lunch. So uh-huh. I think there's not much that I can say, but mm-hmm. let me just uh, do my best itself. So sometimes owning up. Puts you in like in a more light-hearted spot, or puts mm-hmm. you a bit more vulnerable. You're being able to show your vulnerability, and that's that can land really well with your audience itself. Because you know, your audience will feel that hey, you know, you're just like us, right? Because sometimes when you talk about presenting, right, it's always mm. like always thinking there's this sage in the stage, but you are no sage itself, right? Okay, and that gives puts you into a rage of like what to say next, right? So I guess that. You know, it endears you, the audience, if you can actually just mm. own up and say, actually, I'm just like you. I don't know what's happening. I don't have it all together. Yeah. But maybe I'm going to figure it around, out along the way. So it kind mm. of sets the tone okay, to for the audience to be a bit more receptive or relate, relatable right. to you. I think this is a very, very interesting tip mm. that you're sharing with the audience because um, the, the idea of owning up can yep. be quite uh, daunting in a sense. Yep. It can be... It can put you at um, in in a in a bad position. For example, people will be thinking like, um, "Then why are you here?" But if you change it or you alter it into something more lighthearted, or if you can add a little bit of a humor in there, I yeah. think it's going to make um, the entire situation a lot better, a yeah. lot more digestible. Yeah, but more lighthearted, and mm. and then you're more more receptive to each other. Correct. And I've seen this in a lot of presenters who go on the tech stage as well and they say that oh yeah. I'm not sure I don't know anything right. but obviously they prepared right yep. then <laughs> sometimes they say oh I don't know anything you know these are the this is my limited knowledge and all that and it kind of like lowers the expectation yeah. you kind of like under promise and then they will over deliver so maybe mm. there's something really valuable that you say and mm. it, it kind of uh, elevates that opinion or the value of what you're going to say next as well mm. Correct. The next thing, the mm. next very mm. powerful message that I think um, all of us can 
learn when we are trying to wing a presentation is yes. to really show and share your personal stories. Mm, I mean, because it is your own story and it's going to make it really natural when you share those stories. Mm. You know how um, no matter how much people don't like to present, mm. um, in general, people like to talk about themselves. Yep. So um, when you're sharing personal stories, it helps you to calm your nerves. It helps you to sort of talk some, share with the audience something more personal about yourself, which um, at the end of the day is going to be really helpful for your presentation. Mm, yeah, I guess that's really important because I mm. think emotions is the vehicle between you and the audience itself. Mm. And you can emotionally relate with them. That's where you endear yourself to the audience itself. And many people kind of like uh, forget that. And mm. I think one way to just bring out the emotions is stories itself. Because sometimes when right. you share a story about yourself and you know it relates to the audience, what happens to the audience is that they will actually tell, uh, think about a story in their life mm. that you know, relates to what you're sharing right now. So I guess that you know it's a common language that you can speak with the right. audience as well. Mm. And it gets them more interested. Mm. Maybe when you started off, you may seem very nervous yeah. and they thought like, mm, not not that great. But when if you were to share stories and they're able to relate, you're able to draw their attention, mm. that is when they start listening to you. Mm, exactly. And I think that one of the things about telling stories is to tell stories that relate with the audience. Mm. Uh, I've heard this in a Toastmasters training before whereby the speaker actually said right, that Sometimes we are too focused on you know whether the audience knows me, but mm. the more more important thing to focus on is whether you know the audience. So sometimes if you know the audience, you know what stories, what their pains, their dreams, their aspirations, the things mm. they are going through, their ups and downs, and the, you know the their ins and outs and everything about their life, right? So mm. if you know it, and then you want to read it, stories that can speak out to them in a very emotional way, then you yes. realize that you are able to. Uh, build a bridge between you and the audience. Correct, correct. It, it feels a little bit like playing a game, like mm. a childhood game, Uno. Mm. You know how you always <laughs> feel like um, you want to be in control? Yeah. But once you know your um, players, your, your competitors' cards, yep. um, and you put on the reverse card, that yep. is when the game starts to <laughs> be real. That is when it turns powerful. And I think that is a very good example. Exactly. So it's uh, to be more relatable using stories. Mm -hmm. And more so with that, I think there is something that a lot of us may feel that we are, lack we are lacking. Mm. But I think this is one of the most important ingredients mm. in whatever that you do. Not mm. only um, when you're trying to go for a presentation or when you're trying to wing a presentation. And mm. that is being confident. Exactly, being confident, right? So sometimes confidence doesn't come easily, especially when you have all these thoughts that's inside your head mm. and you kind of overthink itself. Yeah, so I think that being confident, when you go into presentation, you need to, I guess uh, many people have said this before, have used this phrase before, and some mm. people might be allergic to this phrase, but it works, okay? Because I think that's one of the things that confidence Confidence is very unique because it's the one mm. of the things that you know you need to fake it in order for you to have it. All right, so yep. I guess that people will be familiar with this phrase called "fake it till you make it." Yep. Um, as as common as it may sound, mm. or um, as much as people don't want to think about that phrase, but I think um, most importantly, because you see, we mm. are the worst people to ourselves. Yep. You know, we we always oh. tend to see ourselves as the worst being alive. So um, I, I think with that said, that is, it's really important for us to identify that we think uh, how we feel about ourselves. Mm. But you see, this if this is a if this is an important ingredient to be to be placed in your presentation and you don't have it, 
question is what do you do in this situation you can borrow someone else's confidence mm. so with that said you have to fake it till you make it yeah you get to fake their confidence mm, yeah right. and maybe we can share with our audience what are some tips right on how we can fake confidence hmm okay how how do you fake your confidence <laughs> you see what she did there she <laughs> Use the initial tip, the crowdsourcing tip back yep. in the day, right? That's yeah. right. So I guess that one of the things about confidence is about your mm. body language itself. Yeah. Okay. So something is about language. I think I've heard speakers who before they come on stage, right, they have always this either a Superman or Wonder Woman pose. They would go to the door of the stage, mm, then mm. they would just do this Superman and uh, Wonder Woman pose and just uh, feel confident. Correct. You've also seen sports people before they start uh, their perf- big performance matches, whether it's like mm. football or tennis or athletics, they will actually put on the headphones and they will just hype themselves up. So mm. that's, that really gives them a lot of confidence. Correct. Yep. Um, but one nifty trick that I've learned before is about when you go on stage itself to keep you yourself grounded, mm. like if you're especially, especially if you're speaking on stage, to actually uh, put your feet on the ground itself. Yeah. So I think it doesn't just mm. actually work on stage itself. It also works in interviews before. Correct. So like some people who are in an interview, they like to sit cross-legged, right? And you realize they lose that power, <laughs> right? Yeah. They lose that power, especially if they need that, that confidence. Because when you are, when you feel that you're not confident, you're nervous, right? You want something to hold on to, to hang on to. Mm. Yeah. And when right. you just keep your feet on the earth, you feel very grounded. And that kind mm. of gives that psychological confidence that hey, I've got it. You know, I've got All it. Right. I've got this power and let, let me harness it uh, to show, you know what, to share what I'm about to share. Good, good. I think I think those two. Uh, I I didn't I didn't actually realize that mm. um I do that, um like you mentioned about keeping yourself grounded. Yeah. Um, thinking about that, yes, uh, I do that quite a little bit because it's sort of like it's it's like a form of comfort mm. because you're touching something. You know how when you're sleeping at night, I'm not sure how many of you actually feel so, but when you're sleeping at night, um, if you are someone who is afraid of the dark, <laughs> you tend to need to touch something yeah. you tend to need to have something exactly. that is near you yeah. and in this case when you're ringing the presentation uh, the, the ground is is where you have contact with mm-hmm. and that will keep you safe mm. in a sense in yeah um, for myself what i do is i actually look at the audience mm. right um now uh, i i think a lot of people would go like huh you mean you you, you have eye contact with the audience yeah. um yes and no if it's a big crowd um one little tip is to look at the three corners. Mm. So you touch points with the three corners, mm. like in the center, on the left and on the right. Um, instead of looking at individual people, mm. and that is going to scare you to death, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> looking at yeah. the number of eyes. Um, but if you are in a face-to-face uh, presentation, I think it's really good for you to look at the audience because you see... Um, Human beings, you're very react- we are very reactive creatures. Yep. So when you nod and when you smile, you see that the audience are reacting to you. You feel a lot more confident with whatever mm. that you're presenting. Yep. Um, even if it's just a nod, mm. that will give you that will feed you to your confidence. Definitely, mm. a nod of approval goes a long way to Correct. just elevate your confidence. Correct. And if you are someone who is slightly more afraid, then use the the first method. You know, just touch. Mm. Um, Touch contact, have contact with the three corners three and corners that will help you uh, to seem like you're someone who is very confident and you're engaging your audience. Mm. Whether you are or not, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I guess uh, one more way is also about your speech itself. Mm. I think that when you're very nervous, you tend to talk very fast. Yes. Yeah. Right. Correct. You talk very fast and you just have to, oh, let's get it over and done with. Mm-hmm. So I guess that when you 
when you want to be more confident, you want to just slow down your speech. So it right. becomes a bit more assured. One way that you can do it is to articulate your words very clearly. Correct. So people know, oh, he knows what he's talking about or she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. And sometimes we pauses itself. Like, you know, you kind of get your audience hanging a little Correct. bit. Yeah. It can be very, very impactful. Mm. You know, this is what I teach um, in, in my classes for mm. my primary and secondary level or even JC, right? Mm. When you're having um, oral communication, mm. pauses are very important. Mm. Um, and I, I told my kids that I cannot teach them or to tell them, you know, with every word you take, zero point zero two milliseconds to read, yep. you know, I can't give you that form of um, numbers, uh, obviously, because I'm not a numbers person. But then again, it's not possible for us to <laughs> count down to the milliseconds. So what I, what I um, share with uh, my kids is that um, your speed should be slightly slower than having a casual conversation oh, yes. with mm. someone. So when you do that, um, you are more purposeful with the things that you say. Um, and at the same time, you yourself process. Honestly, yeah. when you speak very quickly, you are not processing. Mm -hmm. So I think that is something that um, is very important. So speak slightly slower than having a casual conversation. You allow people to catch what you're trying to say. Mm. Yeah, so I guess that pauses are very important. Mm. Pauses allow yourself to give you the time to, for you to process information. Correct. As well, it, it keeps your audience hanging and keeping to, hey, what's he or what she's going to say next? Itself. Correct, correct. And um, we do need time to process. So take the pauses that you need. Mm, exactly. Right. I guess that one more thing that kind of something I've used before is mm. also your pitch. Sometimes you need mm. to uh, pitch, use a deeper pitch. Like maybe your, I guess we all have different voices. Some people will have that nasal right. voice. <laughs> right. Right, uh, and some people's voice are a bit more shrieky and high pitch, but Correct. some people have that natural deep voice. And you guess that you're a bit more assured, right, with that natural mm. deep voice. So I guess if you're a bit more, I think it's also it's also a good practice for you to mm. know your range of voice. Yeah, I know a lot of singers do that, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember I was like uh, helping out many years ago, right? I was helping out uh, at the. Singapore Idol auditions. Wow. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, they were just like practicing their pitches like, you know, <laughs> from bottom to top. It was like, it's quite freaky for some of them. But I guess mm. that you probably want to know your range of voice and use a deeper voice. Someone like Morgan Freeman's voice. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if you that's have that voice, one. yeah, there's a deep <laughs> one. Yeah, so that, you know, when you you talk in a more deep tone, it, it seems they're a bit more serious and assured. Correct. It also keeps out all those high shriek uh, nervousness, no high shriek voice pictures that is associated with nervousness. Correct. Right. Yeah, so you want to talk a bit deeper and a bit slower mm. in order for you to capture the attention of the audience. That will also go in line mm. with pacing mm. your um, entire presentation. Yeah. Now, in addition to that, finally, one, one final last point mm. is to ensure that when you're trying to wing that presentation, yeah. it's important to have it very structured. Mm. Because yeah. that will guide you. Yep. It's very important. It is the same as when you're in school, you write um, yep. an essay. You yep. want it to be systematic. You want it to be organized. Mm. So that whoever who's reading or whoever that's listening to your presentation, they can follow your direction. They know your intended deliveries. Your train of thought. Mm, correct. Yeah. So what are some structure which you recommend us to, to use in order for us to be able to organize our thoughts in a more relatable manner? 
Mm, to, to start off, a very simple one is mm. what all students, I would say, in Singapore would have learned mm. when they write their argumentative writing or mm. they write their discussion writing. It is the same. So, mm. P, give me the point. Mm. What are you trying to deliver? Give me the overview. Message. Correct. And then um, you can elaborate on it a little bit more. Mm. Then you can provide me with some examples. It can mm. be your personal example. And then you link back to the question because this gives your audience like a like a holistic view that you have summed this up. Sure. So it's a peel approach. We call All it right. a peel approach. So point, elaborate, and example mm. and link back to the main point. Yeah, so it's a very simple method for you to right. be able to share that. Mm. Right. So even if you are being arrowed on the spot, just think of it, uh, share with me your point, then go through the PEL, you're going to be good. Yeah, so... So your thoughts will be all over the place and if you right. don't have that structure or organisation, your thoughts will be all over the place and your audience will be like, where is he going? Correct, correct. <laughs> where is she going? So I guess that it gives you a little bit more structure and organisation so that even if you are not well prepared, you have something to show for and maybe also along the way, it keeps it kind of gives you a direction of, you know, what's gonna, what am I going to say next? Correct. Your, the way you think and the way you prepare is going to mm-hmm. be a bit sharper. Correct, correct. I, I definitely agree with that. And that, is, and that is one of the ways in which you can make use of to wing your presentation. Mm, yeah, so yeah, hope that was valuable to you so mm-hmm. that in your next presentation, you are well prepared to wing it. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. But I guess that we want to also say that this is a big disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I know we stay in the start, okay, it's okay to wing a presentation. It's, yep. the, it's okay to fake the confidence. But I guess that, you know, at the end of the day, right, after you fake it, after you wing it, right, right. don't just end there. You've got to follow up with it, right? That so, is important. Yeah, it's important for you to follow up with it. Right? So we're not telling you to just wing the presentation because sometimes life will give you some curveballs okay, and things that are unexpected, right? And this is how you handle it. But after that, you better go and, right. you know, do your homework and do your follow up. Yeah. Correct. This is how you handle or counter the unexpected. But of course, if you're given the time to... Um, you know, spend some time to mm. research on the presentation. Why not? Yeah, why so not? just get to know a little bit more about the topic that you're going to present about, then move on with winging the presentation then. Yeah, so after you wing it, then you kind of learn it. Then uh, yeah. maybe you have enough content. The next time you are actually asked to call on stage, then yeah. you can just slay that presentation. That would definitely work well for this person, huh? Yeah, definitely. After the second round. After the second round, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> first you wing it, then later you can win it. Sounds about right already. Yeah. All right. All right. So if you have any other questions regarding how to wing a presentation, if you have a specific situation, you can share with us um, in our at our legit podcast Instagram, Instagram. at Learn Just in Time. You can just uh, drop us some of your comments or slide us a DM of what did you do in to wing your presentation? What are some tips you think are useful for youths out there or young adults to use, especially as they are going out in the world where you know people are demanding them to you know wing their next presentation or Correct. come up with a next big idea, okay? To just uh, yeah, to just share the world. All right. So thank you very much. We'll see thank you. Thank you. Next we'll time. see you. Bye. Take care.